This episode of the Kutu Muay Thai Podcast is brought to you by PMTLifestyle.com, authentic Muay Thai lifestyle by Kutu. Definitely go check out the website at PMTLifestyle.com for some awesome lifestyle merchandise that's for those of you out there either involved in Muay Thai, looking at getting involved in Muay Thai, and embrace a healthier lifestyle to live the life of Nak Muay. Go check it out. Welcome to this episode of the Kutu Muay Thai Podcast. This is the series of me sharing my book, Preparing for Your First Muay Thai Fight, First Edition. I'm making this public after it being published a few years back. I hope you find some value in it. You might notice that as you're going through it, you probably wish you had it written down or in a book format in front of you. You can definitely still go purchase this over on Amazon. The link is in the show notes, Preparing for Your First Muay Thai Fight by Jonathan Boo. I'm going to be separating this into multiple parts, so enjoy. Chapter 8, Powerwork and Private Lessons. Since you're reading this book, I'll assume you're training in a Western-style program that is not in Thailand. If you're in Thailand and reading this, just do what your trainer tells you. In Western-style programs, you'll often have other students who hold for each other, which is awesome. Paddling is an art in and of itself, and some students will hone in on it over time. Most likely, though, your instructors are the people you want to get the time in with leading up for your first Muay Thai fight. This is what your Thai powered rounds should mimic throughout the week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Four to five rounds at three to five minutes per round, one minute rest between each round. So three to five rounds of tie pads, and then anywhere from zero to two rounds of focus mitt handwork. Ten body kicks each leg at the end of every round. Ten body kicks each leg at the between of rounds two and five. So when the rounds begin, do another ten kicks each leg. 20 V-sits between each round. It's a very basic formula, but one that is important. Basics win fights and is generally the same for- formula with slight variations at every program I've ever been to. It's very important that your pad holder mimics throwing strikes to check your defense and knows how to hold properly to return shots. The purpose of pad holding is to develop the fire to always be on offense and defense. If you defend something, you should be able to return it right away. Make sure you can grab the clinch or have your pad holder try to engage in the clinch while they are holding for you. The most common mistake I'll see from students holding for each other is that the pad holder will just sit there and hit the fire without holding for return strikes. This will just teach you to be a really good punching bag, which is not good for fighting. This is why I suggest you seek private lessons from your instructor. In our program, it's required four to six weeks out from a fight day that fighters get at least one private lesson per week from a designated instructor. This is usually the instructors who will be present at your fight who have the most experience developing a fighter both technically and mentally. Chapter 9, Bag Work and Conditioning Drills. Really, bag work can be a completely separate book on its own. So I'll do my best to condense the basic idea of bag work and some drills you can do per the training criteria. The main use of bag work is to develop timing, technique, power, and conditioning of the body. You'll find the top Muay Thai fighters pretty much play with a heavy bag for extended periods of time. This is a great way of thinking of it rather than in rounds. This, of course, is assuming you're not doing the bag work for conditioning purposes. Basic bag work play routine. You could chunk into rounds or just time. Two minutes working on lead leg kicks, teeps, body, leg kicks, etc. 
Two minutes working on rear leg kicks, peeps, body kicks, leg kicks, etc. Two minutes working on punch and kick only. Two minutes working close to bag with punches, knees, and elbows. Two minutes working on defense and returns. Five minutes working on all Muay Thai weapons, offense and defense, timing, freestyle, etc. Repeat five minute rounds as necessary. Here's some bag drills you can do every day, that you should do every day. Teep drill. Alternating teeps for 50, le- 50 teeps, that's 25 each leg. Hanging leg teep, where your leg doesn't touch the ground, for 25 legs with 25 teeps with the left leg, and then 25 with the right. And then you're going to repeat another 50 alternating teeps, that's 25 each leg. This is a minimum. Teep to body kick. Lead teep to rear body kick 10 times. Rear teep to lead body kick 10 times. Lead teep to lead switch kick 10 times. Rear teep to rear body kick 10 times. Next is low, medium, and high kick. Throw a leg kick, then go straight into the body kick and straight into a high kick. You do this in rapid succession with good technique and balance. Do for 10 times each leg. Skip knees. This is great for conditioning. Two sets of 50. Add additional set every day or two until you're doing 300 plus skip knees every day. 20 push-ups between sets. That's always optional. Next, check and return kicks. Good for conditioning and defense. Rear check to rear body kick 50 times. Lead check to switch kick 50 times. Single double kicks. This is good for conditioning. Single power kick, and then you do a double speed kick directly after. You do 50 with each leg. Single kicks for power. Good for conditioning. 50 each leg. Good balance every time. Consistent power. Speed kicks. Good for conditioning and for creating fast twitch muscle fibers. 50 each leg. Non-stop punching, which is great for conditioning and helping keep a nice strong punch. You jab cross while stepping in place for three minutes, consistent pace on the bag. Now, if you aren't doing all the bag drills above, start by adding one to two per session to build into the program. If you start right away, you probably won't be able to do it the next day, which defeats the purpose of training. Build steadily like a fighter building momentum in a fight. Next, Tabata bag rounds, hit rounds, conditioning. Set a timer for 20 seconds of work, 10 seconds of rest for a total of four minutes. The goal is to work at max capacity for a full 20 seconds and do your best to get your heart rate down and oxygenate your blood, aka breathing, during the 10 second break. Repeat for one to four rounds. Our team will do these two to three times per week depending on the training cycle at the athlete's recovery. Chapter 10, calisthenics. There are many calisthenic exercises you must use to prepare for your first Muay Thai fight. Outline ones you use below, as well as some other stuff we introduced three weeks out to build more conditioning for the body. Some everyday calisthenics. Push-ups, sets of 20, 10, or 5. Repeat until you get to 200. Sit-ups, crutches, sets of 25. Repeat until you get to 300. Pull-ups, sets of 10 or 5. Repeat until you get to 50. And the goal is 100. Foundation. I highly recommend you implement these if you aren't. Do every session. Squats. Sets of 20. Repeat until you get to 100. Lunges. Sets of 20. Repeat until you get to 100 each leg. Calf raises. 50 repetitions. In the above calisthenic routine, it's important to listen to your body. Again, ease into the routine slowly. If you're not doing any push-ups, shoot for gain to 50 push-ups your first day. Slowly increase, just like with your running. Abdominal conditioning. Three weeks out. Stop using five days before the fight. 25 sit-ups while a partner smacks your midsection with a tie pad between every repetition. 
It's important that your partner hits all over your midsection as you want to make sure your conditioning can hit in various weak points, chest, solar plexus, liver, lower abdominal muscles right above the groin, and breathing through it. This helps to develop the mind to relax when these shots happen and to develop the mental fortitude to continue going when something is uncomfortable. Start with doing 50 of these during your regular sit-ups. You want to add 25 every session until you're doing all 300 of your sit-ups while getting hit with a tie pad. Chapter 11, Sparring Routines. There are so many different types of sparring, which I'll describe the ones we use here, and you should be doing them as well. Sparring in Muay Thai is much safer than sports such as boxing, as the whole body is a target. Thus, em emphasizing the target of the whole body while sparring is a must, not only the head. Then the first time of sparring I will describe is what we call play sparring. The Thais call it len. Play sparring will sometimes take place with and without gloves. There's typically no shin guards used as well. This is to develop accuracy, timing, speed, control, and balance. These are all attributes that will play in your favor when taking part in your first Muay Thai fight. All sparring should be done with an emphasis on speed over using power. Again, speed over using power. I use the reference that you have somebody that knows how to fire a gun, the gangster kid that turns the gun to the side and blasts it all over the place is dangerous, or the sharpshooter that can shoot a penny off your head from 50 meters away. You want to be that sharpshooter. If you can make speed and control the power, you're closer to mastering being able to spar at a higher intensity to mimic a fight with a much lower risk of injury to yourself and training partner. When using punches, be sure to not be making a fist when sparring to reduce the chance of accidental hard strikes. Typical play sparring routine, one to five times per week. Four minute round, kicks only. No catching or blocking kicks, only practicing evasion. Four minute round, kicks only. Catching okay, along with evasion being the priority. Four minute round, punch and kick play sparring. Four minute round, punch sparring only. The goal of the play sparring routine is it should be something that you could really do every single day. It's fun, it's low pressure, and it helps develop the fighter's eye vision to spot when to be on the offense and when to be on defense. This takes time, and I highly recommend starting at 20% speed or less if you've never done this type of sparring before to prevent knee collisions and kicking elbows. The second type of sparring I will describe as well called technical sparring, which typically you'll have the following equipment. Gloves, shin guards, elbow pads, knee pads, groin protector, mouthpiece, optional headgear, and chest guard. For tactical sparring, there are many ways to start. When we do tactical sparring, this typically takes place in a class setting with students who aren't fighting and competing. Fighters can still get productive work here to develop balance, basics, technique, and timing. If you limit yourself to only fighters, you may find yourself sparring with, one, with no one if you are the only fighter in your program. And this is okay. You need to learn to develop the rest of those around you as well, and this serves as a great opportunity to help build up others. And those are your future training partners. We will designate a speed percentage and a power percentage, for example, 20% speed and 10% power. Very rarely do we turn up the power, but we'll definitely turn up the speed in sparring. This is why LEN is so important to developing your sparring. We'll use the terminologies 3 for 3, 2 for 2, or 1 for 1, which simply means the sparring participants are going 3 strikes for 3 strikes, 2 strikes for 2 strikes, or 1 strike for 1 strike. Often I'll call for different sequences throughout the sparring in order to develop our students to get used to hearing my voice from the corner without looking at me. It's important that your instructors do this for you so you can learn to hear them as well. When you use the term Muay Thai round, we'll utilize clinch with very light straight knees. We typically stick to using the inside slapping style knees that don't cause damage, where you hit with the inside of your thigh and not the inside of your knee. 
will not be using elbows while sparring, as in my experience, it's too dangerous even with elbow pads. You can easily get cut or lose a tooth as the elbows start to fly. Also, elbow pads move a lot. Typical te- technical sparring routine, two or three times per week. Two-minute round, 50% speed, 10% power, three kicks each, emphasis on blocking and not evasion. Two-minute round, 50% speed, 10% power, three punches each, emphasis on blocking and evasion. Two-minute round, 50% speed, 10% power, three, three punches and kicks only, so three strikes, three and three. Emphasis on blocking and evasion. Two-minute round, 50% to 80% speed, 10% power, kick sparring, emphasize on blocking and evasion, no catching. Two-minute round, 50 to 80% speed, 10% power, boxing sparring, emphasis on blocking and evasion. Rest. You have a rest period. Then we'll do three four-minute rounds, 50 to 80% speed, 10% power, punch and kick sparring, emphasize on blocking and evasion, no catching. Then three four-minute rounds, 50 to 80% speed, 10% power, Muay Thai rounds, emphasis on blocking evasion, catching allowed. One four-minute round, 50 to 80% speed, 10% power, boxing only, emphasis on blocking. The goal of tactical sparring is to develop high-intensity sparring utilizing control. Notice how the power never goes up beyond 10%. This is intentional to develop speed over power. Power is to be developed on the pads and bags and is to be saved for your first Muay Thai fight. The next type of sparring we'll have is boxing sparring. Boxing sparring is something we utilize a lot for fighter development as you can typically bring up the power a little bit with a lower chance of injury due to limited limbs flying through space at each other. Boxing sparring equipment. Gloves, headgear, mouthpiece, groin protector. Boxing sparring can be utilized for all students while typically switch fighters between regular students and pairing with each other. A fighter needs to be controlled enough to turn things up and ease up when the instructor calls for such. You need to work with your partner's level and work at their level and meet them and help bring them up. It's safe to assume that power should always stay at 10%, but I'll show you the percentage we push for for our fighters. Typical boxing sparring routine, one to two times per week. Two minute round, 50% speed, 10% power, jab sparring only. Two minute round, 50% speed, 10% power, cross sparring only. So that's using only your cross hand. Three minute round, 50% speed, 10% power, lead hand punches only. 2 minute round, 50% speed, 10% power, rear hand punches only. 2 minute round, 50% speed, 10% power, 3 for 3. And then you'll take a rest. Then we'll go into our sparring rounds. 4 minute round, 50% speed, 50% power, boxing sparring. Notice how we brought the power because it's boxing sparring. Then we'll do 4 4 minute rounds, 50 to 8% speed, 50% power, boxing sparring. The purpose of the boxing sparring will vary depending on the attribute we want to build. If you're having a hard time staying inside and fighting there, have your partner stay inside with you and focus on small evasive movements and tight defense to counter-strike when possible. If you have a tendency to stand and trade, focus on evasive footwork and shutting down your partner's advances. This is the give and take and it comes to sparring and your partner as well as yourself. You must learn to play with each other and try different things. Again, this brings up the importance of lend play sparring. Next on the list is competition prep sparring. This is the type of sparring that will help mock competition in the sense of being in a ring as well as having instructors on hand to give you coaching advice. We usually designate a student who's trained to become a ring official through our program to work as a referee during this time as well. We use the same principles of technical sparring, but now we wear all the gear for competition we will be required to wear. If it's a professional fight or a fight with no shin guards, we will still wear shin guards. Competition prep sparring should take place once per week and consist of fighters and other students who are willing to help push the fighters. 
We implement a leadership team to help facilitate this as they are people who want to develop others to a higher standard, which includes fighters. Typical conditioning prep sparring routine. Technical sparring routine. You'll start with that. Then you'll do anywhere from three to five rounds of four-minute rounds, Muay Thai rounds, a new person every round, adjusting to each person's level, style, intensity while listening to your instructor. If you don't have a ring, some rope strung around four points to make a square will do to mimic controlling a square similar to a ring. Between every round, you will come to the corner to mimic what a competition would be like. It's preferable that those in attendance cheer and make noise similar to a competition setting. Only the designated instructor should be giving the advice to refrain from overload of information for the athlete so that they are able to hone in on the instructor's voice during training. If you do this while training, you will have a much easier time when it comes to your first Muay Thai fight. Listening during a round is a skill and takes practice, so use this time to practice listening to your instructors in corner. It's important to understand this as well. You will have a good and not-so-good sparring sessions. It's part of the game and part of the mental prep. Some of the best performances I had were when I got smashed or had a bad sparring session as my last session. The point is to remember the good sessions and reflect on anchoring everything you did, which you'll learn a good routine called legs up the wall in a different chapter. Try to focus on what worked during sparring sessions when you're winding down and reflect on what you could do better. Chapter 12, clinching routines. When it comes to training for your first Muay Thai fight, this is a very important, often neglected part of training. You might be thinking, well, if it's so important, why is it neglected? The best way I can relate it to others is that not everyone liked to eat the vegetables when they were a kid, but were often forced to, or told by their parents, or instructor in this case, that they needed to eat their vegetables. For myself, I love clinching, and we didn't have the option to clinch when I first started. This wasn't because I didn't want to, just the fact that no one knew how to practice it or teach it. The first time I went to Thailand, I didn't know crap about clinching. When it came time for me to fight on the short stay that I was on, Rather than teach me to clinch, the Thai trainer had just told me, you know clinch, okay? Clinch, you lose. Well, lucky for me, I didn't know how to clinch. You may be in a similar situation, so I'll describe a little bit for you on how you can practice clinching safely, as well as some routines. I will not go into detail about technique and hand positioning, as that could be a whole book and really should be done on video. The purpose of clinching is to strike your opponent with knees and elbows. Off-balance step strikes to throw or sweep using legal Muay Thai techniques, as well as defensive measures if you're hurt, and as an offensive measure if you're stronger than your opponent there. If you're competing as an amateur and you have to wear shin guards, chances are you won't have padding on your knees when you have your first Muay Thai fight. So it makes sense to learn even more for your first fight, not to mention how important it is as you continue to fight and compete in Muay Thai. Clinching is also the best way to improve your body strength and balance for Muay Thai. How to knee safely and stand while clinching. When you practice clinching, I recommend you never use straight knees, especially for beginners, as it's too easy to injure your training partner. When you practice knees, we practice striking with the inside of the thigh. You can practice with the same motion as a round knee, but instead of hitting with the inside of the knee joint, which causes damage, we use the mid-thigh to slap a partner's body. This translates well to utilizing round knees, which will help develop offense inside the clinch range, as well as building your balance. When clinching, you should adjust your stance to what we call a clinch stance in our programs. Both feet should be shoulder-width apart and directly under your shoulders, while you maintain being high on your toes. This is to maintain balance and stay in position to knee at all times. When you knee your partner using the style of practice, you should not be hitting the head. 
This is strictly for use on the body and legs of your partner. <clears throat> Typical clinch routine. One five-minute rounds, continuous clinch sparring with emphasis on flowing and not resisting too much on positions. Emphasis on balance, hand position, and staying active with your knees. No elbows, throws, dumps, or sweeps. Two to five, two five-minute rounds. No break. Live clinch sparring with throws, dumps, sweeps. No elbows. Get a new partner every round. Repeat for more than two rounds if necessary. So this is the basic clinching routine that we will do to get continuous practice. This is about 15 minutes of clinch training every time we do this. If you want to train more clinching, just do additional rounds. And as we get closer to ramping up training, we will follow our typical clinch routine to what we call the man in the middle clinch routine. Man in the middle clinching is used to develop strong emphasis on building conditioning, stamina, as well as mental toughness. This drill is where we go hard, and it should be intense and mimic fighting. We will use this routine while ramping up for a fight. The last time we use this drill will be one week away from fight as part of peak training with trusted training partners. Man in the middle clinch routine. There should be groups of three people. One person is man in the middle for a six to ten minute round. The two people will rotate every minute and a half to two minutes. If one of them is thrown, swept, or dumped, the other person immediately comes in and starts a, a new timer. If the man in the middle is thrown to the ground, it is important that the pace is pushed on them as they are most likely behind and must work towards pushing themselves at this point. The person on the outside should be watching directly next to the group, keeping an eye on the time. It is that person's responsibility to keep track of time. Repeat for the whole group. Yes, you will be tired. <clears throat> So I'd like to close this chapter by saying that the clinching is regular, the most important part, and arguably the most important part of training for your first Muay Thai fight. Since it's so neglected, it's easily one of the strongest things a new fighter can bring to the table. It can be very tiring for your opponent if they aren't as strong as you in the clinch. You can tell how strong your opponent is in the clinch as soon as you end up in the clinch range and grab on. It's also not fun being on the other side of not being strong enough in the clinch. The focus should always be on actually throwing knees. I see way too many people get fascinated with throws, dumps, and sweeps because they look cool. Yes, you can be demoralizing, but they don't cause nearly as much damage as a strong knee to the gut will inflict. And damage is number one in the Muay Thai judging criteria. Chapter 13, post-training stretches for focus and flexibility. At the end of every session, there should be a good stretching routine. Some of the stretching routines will bleed over to the part of your warm-ups for fight day to help build focus. Flexibility is important to help keep the body relaxed to conserve energy during strikes. If you're training for a strike rather than being relaxed, naturally you'll expend more energy than if you are relaxed. Basic post-training stretch routine. Left to right arm cross the chest, left arm or right arm cross chest, pull the stretch, hold for 10 seconds each side. Each arm behind the head, pull down for 10 count each side. Feet together, reach up, down to the floor, hold for 10 count. Both feet out to the side in a straddling stretch. Reach overhead, hold for 10 count each side. Hands together, reach down to the floor between legs, hold for 10 count. Reach the left side, 10 count. Reach the right side, 10 count. Reach the floor again, stretch between your legs. Reach back behind you for a 10 count. Take a seat, butterfly stretch with feet together. Press the knees to the ground, hold for 10 seconds. Have someone put slight pressure on your legs to increase intensity of stretch. Both feet to the, out to the side, reaching to the left, right, middle, holding for 10 seconds in each direction. One leg in. Reach over to the extended leg, trying to get your forehead to your knee. Hold for 10 seconds each side. Extend both legs together, feet out in front. Reach down to touch toes. Hold for 10 seconds. Note, gradually increase stretching times for 5 seconds every session. Practice breathing during stretches to increase intensity. 
Along with this stretching routine is a requirement that each of my fighters me- meditate during stretching. We institute the Viparita Karani Pose from yoga. That's a fancy word for putting your legs up the wall to stretch your legs, hips, low back, and to open up your chest. Just being straight with you, we just call it legs up the wall stretch. When I say meditate, I don't mean sitting cross-legged and humming OM either. When you meditate, your main objective is to be present and in the moment. We utilize focusing on the sensation of our breathing to help facilitate this. Basic legs up the wall routine. Start by laying on the ground with your butt up, with your bottom against the wall, with your body perpendicular, your legs running along the wall. Take a deep breath, deep inhale, exhale, open up your arms to lay on your back while kicking your legs up the wall. You want your heels on the wall, making sure your lower back is on the ground. Scoot back from the wall if necessary to keep your lower back on the floor. While in this position, the main thing is to focus on the breath. While you inhale through your nose, focus on feeling the air intake through your nostrils, through your sinuses, to the back of your throat and into your lungs. Focus on expanding the breath into the stomach first, then into your stomach fills up. Expand the breath into your chest. Exhale slowly, exhibiting the feelings of breath in reverse through your mouth. With each breath, you want to focus on nothing else but being upside down with your legs on the wall, being present. Whatever it is around you, acknowledge it and let it be. This is an important focus anchor we use prior to competition. Focus anchors help to get manually prepared before a competition and mimic training moments where you are 100% focused and present and in the moment. We'll talk about this more later. You want to start off with 5 minutes at the end of every session, build up to 15 minutes at the end of every session to unwind from training. You have to do this every single day for the final 3 weeks leading up to your first Muay Thai fight. The purpose of Legs at the Wall routine is to help build focus, relax the body, and mind. The idea behind the stretch is to get your blood and your lymphatic system flowing. Your lymphatic system is part of the recovery system from a hard training session, not to mention your legs would be sore from all the work you've been putting in towards having your first Muay Thai fight. Alright, that's going to be it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in today to the Putin Muay Thai Podcast. If you enjoy the content, go leave a review over on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Give us a rating. It means the world to us. Also, if you want to be a guest on the Pu'u Muay Thai Podcast, or if you just want to shout out to your friend, go check us out at podcast.pu'umuaythai.com. You can submit to be able to be a guest on the podcast. You can submit what you want to talk about. Also, if you want to just give a shout out, there's a button for that too. So what do you call